the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie that's amore when the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine that's amore for the judges and this multi-millionaire mogul now has the best kind of goal. It is Off The Podium, an Olympics podcast coming to you for our second episode on the 2024 Youth Olympics, Gangwon, Korea. They're here, they're, they're happening, there's selfies being taken, there's aliens on planets, there's some medals being won for our countries, and we've paid attention to them all because it's been a big week and it's been exciting. And we are excited to be obviously covering our first ever full Youth Olympics. We're a little bit delayed on this episode in terms of when we generally release it, but it's technically a Friday where we're recording this. And happy Australia Day to those who are listening to this on that day still. Oh, and Ben left the country to celebrate it. I did. I was like, nope, I, I'm not going to be in Australia to celebrate it. I'm going to the other side of the world. So I celebrate it tomorrow, essentially. Uh, you heard his voice already. It's Canada's... Oldest looking 15 year old, it's Colin Hilding. Colin, welcome back. Uh, thank you. And uh, at about what two minutes into this episode, we officially provided more coverage of the Youth Olympics than most television networks. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if anybody in the United States of America, where I am right now, knows it's a thing. Uh, I did just watch them win a silver medal in the mixed short track relay where Canada fell over and America got the silver. Uh, but outside of that, I think if you went to anybody on the streets here in New York City, everyone's going to look at you and go, oh, aren't they until July? And it's like, oh, no, these yeah. are for the kids. And they're like, we don't care about the kids because we're New Yorkers. And then they just go on and eat a bagel or something like that. Um, but it's exciting to have an Olympics at least to talk about slightly right now because it's been a big week for Olympics in general. It's a hundred years since the the Winter Olympics. It's six months to the Paris Olympics. So let's talk about the Youth Olympics. Colin, how have you enjoyed paying attention? Us maybe being a couple of the only people on the planet paying attention to these. Uh, I mean, as I said last time, I hadn't really ever watched the Youth Olympics before. Uh, to me, it's it's no different than regular Olympics. I think especially since we've uh, come the off Penny of Olympics, like, Colin. The, the, the Penny Olympics, that's right. Yes. Uh, but uh, coming off of, you know, Beijing and uh, um, Tokyo before that, I mean, the fact this is smaller scale doesn't really matter to me. I mean, it's just sport. I think that there's something that's definitely interesting about not being able to call anything, not being able to predict which country is going to come out on top, uh, which ones are the favorites in this event or anything like that. Um, now, finding coverage for this has definitely been a challenge, but for what I have seen, you know, it, it's interesting in a lot of ways because it is very different from the Olympics. You know, it is a lot more unpredictable. I mean, 3X3 hockey, if is a 3X3 or 3-on-3, three three, which one are they calling it? 
Hi, uh, let's go. Let's stick with the kids. 3x3 sounds cool, doesn't it? 3x3. Uh, I mean, it's there's a lot of blowouts, you know, which there's pluses and minuses for. You know, it could be very easy to tell early on uh, who's going to win, but then you get lots of action. So uh, I've enjoyed what I have been able to see so far. And I think what I've always appreciated about watching the Youth Olympics is just that, yeah, exactly, you're right. Like, they're, they're unpredictable. I mean, we've got Brazil winning Winter Olympic medals, which we will talk about, which is which is fascinating. But it, it is still done in a way that it resembles the Penny Olympics, right? Like, you know, yeah. the, the, there's budget put into these. Like, we'll talk about the opening ceremony in a second, but, like, there's the branding. There's kind of the, the proper, I guess... Um, you know, etiquette that they do for the Olympics, the way they do the medals and just stylize and everything along those lines. And often, as we said in our preview episode last week, that you talk to our guests on this show who have been to a Youth Olympics before they go to a Penny Olympics, and they essentially, it's perfect preparation for them. And you can see this if, you, if you're watching it. But I mean, having said that, then we also get Thomas Bach taking a selfie. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, he's he's kind of trying to like blur the lines of like, Hey, I'm going to go to Olympics. Ah, ah, ah. And hey, kids like the selfie. Ah, he's Jamaican now, apparently. Um, <laughs> and just take the selfie. So it's it's that blend of of beautiful Olympics that we love mixed with, hey, this is what the kids are into. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think also just being able to see some of these countries that you're not used to seeing. Like, you know, as I was always mentioning, 3x3 hockey. I mean, the countries even competing in that aren't the ones you're used to seeing in hockey in the Olympics. And, uh, you know, obviously that we already talked about the Tunisian uh, bobsled team, which the, the the TV coverage that I have seen on CBC, they're giving them like a lot of airtime. So this is sort of almost like a new generation's younger generation's Jamaican bobsled team. So this it's providing an opportunity to get profiles out there and attention for a lot of athletes that maybe we will see in another four years. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not finding it to be as obnoxious in, in a strange way as the gearing towards younger crowds was for, say, Tokyo. With that, it was almost desperate. With this, maybe it is because it is younger athletes. They're, they're not going out of their way to try as hard. Yeah, and I, I appreciate that too. You're right, because it is, I mean, the Olympics have always been the youth. Like, you know, it's always the famous saying at the end of the Olympics, like, and hey, we invite the youth of the world to come to Los Angeles 2028. Like, it's they've always done it, but... These ones are just like, no, the youth are already here. Get them out there. Take a selfie. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Well, obviously, yeah, talk about Tunisia as well because, you know, they're winning medals in their 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 debut. But let's talk about the opening ceremony. It, it I've got to say this right now. Was this maybe the best Olympic opening ceremony we have seen yes. since Sochi? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so weird to say that. Um, like, there's so many things that I liked about it. Uh, even just the design, when we were covering, uh, was it the Calgary Olympics? I was saying that like, I kind of liked that there was just the track that they went around, you know, yeah. and it here is very similar. It's, it's the, the speed skating track and it, it's a different visual. There was things that I didn't like about it. Like I, I think the parade of athletes was extremely unnecessary. Yes. Uh, let's have only two athletes, only the flag bears come out. Let's have three countries side by side. But then let's have about a 100 foot gap before the next groups come out. Like it, it took just as long. You could have just got all the other athletes out there. But uh, you know the cultural displays they had were really fun to watch. 
There was a lot of K-pop music in it, which, you know, isn't my genre, but I mean, it was entertaining for the crowd. And even just the little things like the, 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 the blinking lights necklaces they gave everybody. Like what a clever idea that you're going to actually give something to every person in the stands that synchronize a light display, you know, really make the crowd more present. I think what was great about it was this was what a 90 minute, if that, before you know ceremony and mm -hmm. and what do they go for now three and a half four hours in the penny olympiacs you know we often go on about that it was a very concise ceremony where we often talk about this over-the-top use of led and projection and, and no physical props now I, I this is a tangent but it, it makes it ties into what we're talking about i saw back to the future the musical this week in new york absolutely brilliant and they made such perfect use of things like screens and projections and technology with real life props to be able to get a DeLorean on a theater production to make it look like it is traveling through time <laughs> with, was a perfect blend of physical props and like screens and projections and, and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's what they did with this is that you've got this tight building where you, you kind of only really making use of that middle stretch between the, the rink where you've got projection, but then you've got the, the Nikki Webster effect of this young Korean girl, like journeying through life, like Rick Birch, there you go. Once again, they're stealing your ideas and, and using young children. And then essentially you, you, you blend this into the cultural displays, which turned into like an alien planet with robots and dinosaur creatures. Astronauts. Astronauts. You've got speed skaters with like balls on their head going around the rink with like lights trailing behind them. Um, and then you've got school kids at their desk doing like high-end dance routines, which was awesome. I mean, I'm not even like joking that this is the best one I've seen since Sochi. Like, I mean, yeah. it's just, we've, we've complained about how the last, however, I mean, Rio improved slightly when we did our redux of it, but Pyeongchang, Beijing, Tokyo, they've been lame opening ceremonies. Mm -hmm. And this one just had something about it. I completely agree with you. The Parade of Nations was a bit bland. I did fast forward through most of it. Do got to say, New Zealand, be ashamed for your country. The fact that the one guy basically didn't let the girl touch the flag and he's dragging it along the ground. Um, so somehow they're beating Australia in the medal tally. I don't know how. Um, the other country, I mean, Canada and Australia were just like, yeah, cool. Yeah, we're holding it up. Great. And then just everybody looked like they just were bored. I mean, they're 15-year-olds. They're, they're they don't know what they're doing there. They just want to be on TikTok. I don't know what kids do these days. Um, did you catch Colombia with their great hats, though? I didn't, though. No, there must be one of the ones I skipped. Tell me about Colombia. I'm intrigued. I mean, it's, it was really the only, you know, outfit that I felt like stood out in comparison, like everybody else. Everybody just looked kind of the same. But like Colombia, they had like these giant hats on their heads, which just it, it, it was it was a different visual. Although it's really hard for me because, again, I'm not I'm not, you know, fun with flags, Ben. I, I don't know all these countries and the, the way they kind of announced the countries. I was thinking, are we looking from left to right here? So there's times they're announcing countries and I'm like, okay, this time they announced the one in the middle first, then they announced the one in the right first. And then they were announcing the ones that were at the front and not the ones who started walking. So they would announce Kazakhstan and Azerbaijan or whatever. And meanwhile, those are the ones that are like halfway down the track already. And the countries that just started walking to be the longest time to realize, wait, wait, how far behind are they on this? Yeah, no, that was true. And then the, so the athletes are already sitting down. It was just a flag yeah. bearer. It was it was odd. Like mm -hmm. I know youth Olympics are often trial and error for you know the penny Olympiacs, but I hope they don't ever implement this. I mean, if you want to shorten the Olympic opening ceremony, then this is the way to do it. But as we learnt from Rick Birch, 
like this is where the ratings come in. This is where, mm-hmm. particularly in America, NBC, they like this is where everybody tunes in right now to see the Parade of Nations. So that takes up like a good hour, hour and a half in the Summer Olympics. But that's what people want to watch. Like as as boring as some people might think it is, a bunch of athletes walking in behind a flag and a sign. But that's mm-hmm. what everybody's tuning in to see. Half the people don't give a shit about it's... aliens on another planet and freaking K-pop. They're they're wanting to see New Zealand disrespect their flag as they walk into the Youth Olympics opening ceremony. Yeah, it's like when the Oscars come and go, you're going to have all these reports on the red carpet and nothing about yeah. the award ceremony. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I I did the two things though that I think quickly the 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 lighting of the cauldron. I'm so oh. glad to see that Korea like to celebrate um, pain medication. Let's light I the giant Advil. <laughs> I am in the exact same note. I'm like, is this sponsored by a pharmaceutical company? <laughs> I mean, slightly better than Beijing. We're so lazy. Let's just put the torch in a holder and raise it. Ha, oh, <laughs> Olympics. But I didn't know Korea. Like, we are so proud that we have universal health care. Here's a headache tablet. <laughs> <laughs> and it was even like it was similar to what we were talking about during the Pan Ams last year, where he like he he put the flame down, and like last in the Pan Ams, like he's like moving around the barrel, nothing's lighting, yeah. and all of a sudden you see someone press a button. This thing was like <laughs> his arm was halfway down. They somebody pressed the button too early, then the Advil lit up, <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, I haven't even touched the Advil yet." <laughs> Olympics, and like what a mixed message in the age of like. Doping is bad. We're going to suspend Russia. We're going to have our cauldron representing doping at the Youth Olympics. Kids, if you don't succeed, this is what we want for you. We want you to down a couple of these, and then you're going to win a gold medal. It was was literally created by a Russian. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, we can't compete in Olympic. Let's create cauldron. What do we complete? (laughs) What do we make, Dimitri? Drug. Not that it's not that we drug. We we completely innocent. We absolutely do nothing. <laughs> and then everyone's like, "Yay, Olympics are open!" And like even like they kind of do these half-assed fireworks. Like, pew, pew. It's like okay, mm. you've done well up until that point, uh, Gang One. But Thomas Barkula, Olympic champion oh. fencing. Like I mean, bless his cotton socks. This is what going to be the second last time we ever see him deliver an opening speech. Pretty concise. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. But that's only because. Him taking a selfie took like half of that. The thing that like was disappointing was that when he's like, he's going like, yes, and the youth of the world, we're so excited. Ah, 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 ah. And then he's like, come on, let's take a photo together. Why couldn't he say, come on, let's take a selfie? Like that's, yeah. was that the the um, Chainsmokers song or whatever it was, you know, like, let's take a selfie. Like that, I just want to hear Thomas Bach utter the phrase, let's take a selfie. <laughs> <laughs> This one kid is like taking this. Like I'm thinking, like, dude, like, how long? Like, does it take to press a button? If this is Thomas Bark doing it, I'm like, yeah, the guy's old. Like, you know, like, let him find. Oh, that's not the app. Oh, what's my passcode? Like, you know, this <laughs> that's what I wanted to see. Oh, I didn't mean to open the app store. How do I go back? Um, like, but this kid is like some sixteen, you know, pew pew pew, and then afterwards, fist bumped Thomas Bark. Does that kid not win the Olympics? Like straight away, just then. I think he was a Kiwi yeah. as well. I think he was wearing a New Zealand uniform, so I don't know who he was. But like, he just like takes a selfie, boom, fist bump. That kid wins the Olympics for me. Yeah, I mean, the selfie was the highlight. Uh, <laughs> the speeches. Does, it, is, it, this, is this posted online? Is this like the Ellen selfie at the Oscars? Yeah, like this is going to be you know the, the 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 most trending thing on the internet for the year of 2024 is yeah. the Thomas Bach selfie. 
I, I, I think that uh, when I was watching that, I told you like, oh, he's taking a selfie right now. <laughs> it wasn't even a joke. And I'm like, I think that this is taking half of the time. Like it, it went on forever and ever. Although I, I did uh, agree with you because you had messaged me about his his outfit, him in that pink jacket, which really was just what everybody was wearing. I mean, it was kind of like back to Juan Antonio almost from. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he had the matching pink tie and everything. I'm like, that's probably the best dress Thomas Bach has been in a long time. But uh, selfie. um I, I don't know. Was it this kind of like the Pan Am games when they had the end where they had the, the mascots in there and trying to give them the medal to get the picture and everything. They figured, I know how we could top this. Let's just take forever and do absolutely nothing while we're trying to snap the picture. I like, I, I'm not opposed to this idea, but also was a selfie not very 2011. Like, I mean, I know yeah. we're all, I know we're all on board. Like selfies have never died. It's not like they've just gone away, but like, that was the, that was the thing. That's why Ellen did the selfie like back then. Right. Like that's when it became a word and it was like in the mm -hmm. dictionary and all this kind of stuff. Like Thomas Bach, the Olympic champion fencing is just like literally <laughs> just going like, I heard about this new thing called a selfie. Ah, ah, ah. I'm going to take the picture. Ah, ah, ah. I'm going to miss him. I, I, I will yeah. miss him. It's one more Olympics to go, Colin. This is sad. Yeah, I mean, ho hopefully we get a nice outfit from him next time, and hopefully we He's get him house. uttering the. If we get if we get him uttering the word selfie, that would really make it because you know what, what the fact that he didn't actually say selfie, right? Like, uh, it, know. you know the movie Morning Glory with like Rachel McAdams, Harrison Ford, Diane. Yeah, King. yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's a guilty pleasure of mine. I watch the movie all the time. But like there's a part in that movie which is maybe the funniest part about it where Harrison Ford's character refuses to use the word fluffy. So he's objecting to it. And I'm like, I will not use the word fluffy. Uh, and that's almost, I feel like this was Thomas Bach. Okay, we just want you to say, let's take a selfie. So, I will not use the word selfie. Ha, ha, ha. I tell you what, if I bump into him in Paris... I will get a selfie with him as long as he says the word selfie. Like, Can I get you on camera saying, let's take a selfie? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like I have the option to refuse having a selfie with Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, you're that kid who hosts the Olympic podcast. Uh -uh, let's take a photo. <laughs> you tell me it's a selfie, Thomas. No, I will not. Say, I don't want to. I will not you, use the word selfie. Because, <laughs> you know, I, I just got a picture with Kelsey Grammer. I'm really going to refuse to take a picture with Thomas Bach, <laughs> Olympic champion. Fencing. I don't know about you, but if you watched the the one that they put on the Olympics YouTube page, so we had those two commentators. I don't know if that's the one you watched, yeah. but they honestly sounded like they wanted to be anywhere else but Kung yeah. Korea, and they're just like, and this little girl, she's now in space. Don't worry, she's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that, like, was the volume the same for you? Because I'll be honest, CBC, what little coverage they've had has obviously just been taking the Olympic coverage of this. And the commentators, for me, the volume was so low that during the Parade of Nations, I couldn't even hear what they were saying most of the time because like the music is drowning them out. Are they freaking Christopher Nolan? Um, no, I it sounded fine to me. Uh, so maybe CBC were just having sound mixes. I mean, look, I, I can't commentate on any Australian coverage because I'm not in Australia right now, so I don't know how it is. I'll tell you in a week. But uh, I've, I've heard that like they're showing more of the Youth Olympic Winter Games than they ever have before. So Channel 9 off to a good really? start from what I what I can tell. But, I mean, it was the, the footage that I have watched through the Olympic Channel. This is what we talked about last week. It's really good during the Youth Olympics because the IOC are generally pretty quick on the uptake of putting these events. And they do a lot of live events as well. So, like, obviously, mm. the Youth Olympics are not widely broadcast as the Penny Olympics are. So, they're, they're a lot more open in terms of broadcasting these. But, yeah, I don't know about their world feed commentators. They just they don't sound too thrilled to be there 
uh, in live. Anything else to add on the uh, the opening ceremony that we haven't we haven't touched the, on at uh, all? I mean, most of what we got, like the 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 oath and the flag and everything, not great. But the torch relay too. I mean, we're not getting like the massive staircase or a ski jump or anything like that. But doing it as the speed skating thing, I, I just wish that the torches didn't struggle so much to stay lit while they were moving because I kept looking at it. It went out. No, no, there it is back again. But I, I like the. <laughs> but I, I really liked how they had like the the projection lights that sort of lit the way, yeah. and it was just staying a little bit ahead of the skaters and doing the path uh, all the way up to the cauldron. Uh, yeah, the medallion things you mentioned, and also we didn't even touch on uh, wrap on a zamboni. Now, <laughs> yeah. um, that to me, one the alongside <laughs> kid taking selfie and fist bumping Tom Thomas. I mean, that's a Canadian thing. That's I'd expect that in Vancouver. 14 yeah. years ago, but this is, and I love, <laughs> the one thing I laughed about the commentator, ah, Zamboni, my favorite winter appliance. <laughs> <laughs> who, 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 who isn't? I'm going to a Rangers game tonight at the time of recording this, so I hope there's rappers at Madison Square Garden coming out, rapping at uh, intermission, but, basically going, the Rangers are winning, the Rangers are winning, yo, 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 yo. Just, just like the line, my favorite winter appliance. It's like the type of questions my kid, my kids will always ask questions like, "Daddy, what's your favorite shape?" And I'm like, "Um, I've never thought about it. I guess a circle." Uh, so th- that would be so. What's your favorite winter appliance? Now I'm gonna have an answer. I'm like, ah, the Zamboni. We've got, we've got extra questions alongside who's. What's your favorite meatloaf song? Um, what's your favorite <laughs> what's winter? Favorite winter what, what is another winter appliance though? A snow plow. Uh, yeah, I guess um, a husky. Um, a husky is an appliance. A dog. Well, it's a dog. It runs like it, <laughs> it's an appliance. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Macau Kingsbury is an appliance. He keeps <laughs> working like clockwork and winning stuff. Um, I don't yeah, know. We, we have a list of two. It's Zamboni <laughs> or Snowplow. Which one's your favorite? Just ignore my other options. I'll see how it is. Um, if we don't get an answer, let's just add to it. Can you name a winter appliance? And one of these days, somebody will name a third. I had someone walk up to me on the street the other day, like a charity person. And they're like, hey, man, I've got a trivia question for you. And I'm like, all right, here we go. It's like, what's the only state in the United States that ends with a K? And I'm like, oh, that's a good question. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, Colin's thinking right now. Yeah. You're really thinking. And I'm like, I have no clue. And he's like, you're standing in it. And I'm like, oh, New York. I'm like, oh, damn it. <laughs> that should be so obvious. That should be the first thing you think know. of. I know. And then I'm probably being secretly filmed because like in Australia, <laughs> we used to do these comedian shows where they'd go across to America and film and then they'd like, oh, how dumb are Americans? Um, so like the, one of the questions they would ask <laughs> one of these shows, name a country beginning with you. And everyone was like, uh, Yugoslavia? Uh, <laughs> and they were like, what about the country you're standing in right now? And everyone was like, oh, yeah. So I I'm just, probably I just want to get asked that. I want to get asked that question. Just start running through it. Alabama, California, Wyoming, <laughs> North Dakota, ca- 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 <laughs> North Dakota, ca- <laughs> I'm from North Dakota, Minnesota, <laughs> Florida. <laughs> Uh, These all sound like villains from like Masters of the Universe. They do, they do. That's that's a good point. Um, sports wise, so obviously Canada and Australia. I mean, look again. This is this is not one that we're like ah, you know, let's have a national inquiry. Canada have only won two silvers. You know, oh no, Australia's only won one bronze. Um, like again, as you said, they're very unpredictable, and it's sort of not really one that I guess at the end of the day, people are going to be like, oh no, this is terrible. Um, but at the time of us recording this, at least, uh, Canada, I believe, are on two silver medals, Colin. 
um, both won in the sport of snowboarding. Anthony Shelley in the men's snowboard cross and Ely Bouchard. I was about to say, Jeannie Bouchard. Yeah. She's like um, gotten younger and turned into a man at the men's slope style. Uh, Eli, Eli Bouchard in the men's slope style snowboarding. Um, did you catch any of these? Has this gotten much coverage in Canada at the moment? Your two silver medalists in snowboarding? Yeah, I mean, well, first I have to say that what CBC's coverage of this is, is uh, well, it's pathetic. Uh, that's what it mainly is. But uh, Hello to all our friends at CBC. <laughs> Uh, we've had some of them on the show, sadly. Uh, Devin, pick up your game. Come on, but, Devin. Uh, it's ridiculous. They they have a live show that airs. Uh, it, it was supposed to be 6 o'clock, but now I found that some days it's on at 7 o'clock, and it's streaming only. And most days it's just a highlight show, but then one day they just aired the China and Denmark curling in its entirety. So it's not consistent. You can't watch any replays. The only thing you can actually watch in replays is if Canada wins a medal. Uh, so basically every day I'm just searching youth Olympics on the CBC sports app and it's coming up as like Canada one. So I know who won the medal before I get to see the highlight package, but, uh, yeah, I was able to at least see the highlight packages of those. Otherwise everything I've been able to watch has just sort of been on the highlight shows. And then the one curling that I was able to see. Well, the, uh, one of the, so the, the snowball cross where Anthony Shelley got the silver. So Jonas Chalet of France won the gold, but this is one where it's getting a bit of attention. So Zion Bethonico from Brazil won a bronze medal. Obviously the first time Brazil have ever won a winter Olympics medal of, uh, in the Penny Olympics or the, the youth Olympics, uh, I believe a Colombian won a medal at the last winter youth Olympics. So the second tropical nation to ever win an Olympic winter medal, which is a pretty big deal. I mean, that's pretty cool mm -hmm. to be able to see someone from a country like Brazil win a winter Olympic medal. I know I'm from Australia, a country that shouldn't be winning winter medals, but I mean, we've at least got some snow. I, I, I Forgive me, Brazilians, if you are listening, but I assume there is no snow in Brazil. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I picture well, Brazil as a snowless country. <laughs> so that is amazing to me that Brazil can uh, walk away with a medal. I mean, not to jump the gun on talking about Tunisia or anything, but uh, the, the the profile that I saw on the Tunisian bobsled team, they talked about this new program, which is basically designed to fund athletes in non-snow-filled countries to be able to train in snow-filled countries. So I don't know if that's part of it, that uh, you know, a lot of these countries, maybe like Brazil or Tunisia or Jamaica or anything like that, are getting additional funding and support in being able to train for winter sports. Well, I, it's fascinating. I didn't know that, and I'd like to learn more about that. But I will correct myself. Apparently, Brazil does get snow in the uh, country's south region, comprising the states of Rio Grande do Sul, Santa Catarina, and Parana, uh, in the high plains of that uh, part of the country. Elsewhere, it is very rare. So, uh, obviously, just small pockets. But, no, that's fascinating to see that that is happening because – you know, obviously the Winter Olympics and all that snow. We've got ice sports and, and things like that that obviously people can transition to from other sports that we've seen that as well. But, uh, yeah, so uh, at least I was going to say Canada didn't get beaten by a Brazilian. That would have been a bit embarrassing for Canada. Uh, so good for that. Uh, for Australia. Like Australia getting beaten by New Zealand. And well, we don't talk about the fact that they are um, ahead of us on the Winter Youth Olympics. But let them have it. They, they they don't respect their flag. They just drag it on the ground. So whatever. But they also fist bump Thomas Park. So, you know, 50-50. Um, Australia won bronze in the team snowboard cross for William Martin and Abby Wilson, finishing behind two French pairs. So uh, Jonas Chalet, two-time gold medalist at these Olympics, could be on for athlete of the games here because uh, he paired up with Leah Custer to win the gold in that event. 
And silver in that event went to Benjamin Neal and Marie Lafrate de Nielsen of France, who also is a two-time silver medalist because she got a silver in the snowboard cross as well in the the, the women's. And Lee Custer. So, okay, the, the French are hogging all the medals here, let's be honest, because Lee Custer got the bronze in that event. So, basically, everyone's all the French athletes are winning medals. So, they're, they're, they're on for a good year so far this year uh, with that one too. But... Sort of the the one that I wanted to touch on just outside of the the medals is the one that was getting a bit of coverage, I, particularly through the social media channels for Australia, and obviously because we had Remy on a couple of weeks ago, so we were following it slightly closely. Was the three x three ice hockey for Australia? So uh, unfortunately, didn't progress past the uh, group stage, but still did solidly well. Opened up the tournament with a six one win against the Dutch. In your face, Netherlands, actual winter country, who usually do well on ice. I was like, we're on here. Like, Australia opens up our first ever win in Olympic hockey. Follow that up with a 12-2 loss to South Korea. Bit of a setback, but the host nation, you know, they've got some momentum on board. You're building the hungry, aren't you? Just just don't take away my thunder. <laughs> Italy, we lost 15-4, but in all fairness, Italy having a great game. They are topping the medal tally right now. We'll touch on that right moment. Italians are on fire. Then we came up against our traditional rivals in ice hockey, Hungary. We've got a long storied history. The Australian and Hungarian relations in hockey, it goes way, way back. Now, uh, got to say that we were confident, Colin. We were very confident going into this one. And the confidence didn't work. 22-1, uh, we lost. <laughs> but we got a goal. It wasn't 22 nothing. So, <laughs> just saying. And that was the highest scoring one of the games. You'd think that would eliminate us, Colin, though. You would think that's it. Australia yeah. are done. We're going home with our tail between our legs. What are we doing? But we bounce back. We face Mexico next, our other traditional rivals in ice hockey. And we won that game 5-4. So yeah. we were within a shot of making the next round before being bounced by Turkey 10-2 and China 11-3. So we finished sixth. So we finished sixth. We beat Mexico and Netherlands just behind Turkey. Uh, but in all fairness to Hungary are also clearly the best team because they went seven and seven. Oh, yeah. Goals for 130, <laughs> goals against five. So, and one of those was Australia. <laughs> like, I honestly do not know much about Hungarian ice hockey. It's not something that I've often looked into, Colin. But are you aware that Hungary are this good enough? Because let's look at their results in these Olympics. 17-0 yeah. against Mexico. <laughs> Decent. 18-0 against Turkey, decent. Hungary against China, 13-3. So in all fairness, three of their five goals scored against were by one country. One was by us. 22-1 um, against us. Then a 33-0 win over the Netherlands. <laughs> Far out. Um, and then an 11-1 win over Italy. So, um, and I will say they did go on to win the gold medal. So they beat Italy 14-4. Oh, you think? In the semi-finals in the I mean, I, I'd like to... Uh, maybe they were on that Advil. Maybe they took that pill that the, <laughs> the, the, the culture was on. I have never... I could not name any Hungarian ice hockey team, any Hungarian ice hockey player, and yet they've come out and they've smashed this to win the 3x3 gold in the girls' ice hockey. Good for them. Do you know anything about Hungarian ice hockey at all, Colin? Only what I saw during this tournament. Uh, I'm even looking up like famous Hungarian players and I don't recognize any of the names here. Uh, like, like it was crazy. It was so obvious. Uh, the, the first thing that I was able to see was the, the highlights. And I will say the, the Olympic Channel highlights they had, 
it wasn't just 60 second spot. I mean, they gave it like a you know good solid five, six minutes showing all the recaps in the game. Um, I remember after the, the first period, they're like, there was one bright spot for Australia where they got a shot on net. Uh, like that's <laughs> how the game was going. After a couple of games, it was pretty clear if they're going to lose, there's something really wrong and somebody's going to like lose their home or lose their family or lose their their, their dog when they get home because there is no way they could lose this. Uh, I, I like I I don't know enough about how this is chosen. I mean, you look at like the the countries in here. Is this sort of designed to be for the countries you don't typically see? Is it that you know the the countries who are more competitive or more focused on things like like junior competitions and all that? Um, but still, I mean, if if this holds up, let's watch Hungary in you know another four years and see what they're or six years. Who knows what and see what they're capable of at the next Penny Olympics. I, I I'm just thinking that. You know, we talk about the great nations in great sports around the world. 3x3 women's ice hockey, it's it's hungry. Because I'm looking here at their history in, in the senior teams. Uh, so the women's team are currently ranked 12th in the world and have never qualified for an Olympics, although they have finished as high as 8th place in the world championships, in which they did so in 2022. The men's team have been to three Olympics, Back in 1928, St. Moritz, where they were eliminated in the preliminary round. They made the second round in 1936 in Germany. They finished in seventh place. And then in Innsbruck in 1964, they finished in 16th place. So um, 60 years and counting. Yeah, well, they, they finally got it. And when we had uh, Christina on a couple of years ago, our only Hungarian guest on the show, and she talked about like what it meant to win a gold medal in the country, and it's kind of set you up for life. It's one of those countries that a gold medal brings with it, like a house and like a you know a degree in a small country in Africa. I don't know, but like so, I wonder if the three x three girls team you only scored fifty four goals in that last part of that. You had to get fifty five. Sorry, no house for you. Go back to school, essentially. Um, but so yeah, that, I mean, the, and I think the men's, uh, the boys, we should say the Canadian team have not started yet at the time of recording this. Although I would say the, the curling team, Colin, what's going on with curling in Canada? Not, no medals yet. This is national inquiry going on here for the, the junior, uh, curling teams in your country. Cause that's the future for the Penny Olympiacs. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I haven't even had a chance to see them play yet. <laughs> well, they've been eliminated. You're not going to. <laughs> it, it's so weird that the only time that they decided to actually air a full live sport on CBC was Denmark and China, uh, which is kind of odd. But uh, uh, I mean, it, it's still it's been fun watching this. It's it's weird looking at the players from any country. I got I just you know I have nothing to say about Canada's uh, success in this, but with the curling, I don't know why it seems more obvious the ages of the players, but I'm looking at like particularly like the Denmark team who did very well. Uh, and I'm like, I think Casper's older than some of these players. Like, are they allowed to be there? Um, but still, I mean, it's fun. Curly is one of these sports that I don't feel like you get much difference between watching a younger athlete and an older athlete, you know? Uh, in some ways, it was almost more exciting watching these younger athletes because you know, like they're really going all out sweeping and everything like that. Uh, and I think they're taking a lot more risks and everything too. But uh, I found that uh, the three x three hockey and the curling are two of the things that uh, 
Two of the only things I've been able to watch, but two of the things that definitely stand out, I think, compared to the Penny Olympiacs. Well, I'm actually I'm a bit disappointed because if I was staying in New York a little bit longer, the U.S. curling championships are actually being held not far from me, but they start on the day I leave. So uh, I'm a bit I'm a bit sad about that. But yeah, um, I'm just looking here. So your mixed team has been eliminated, lost to Italy, beat Brazil. You, you just beat Brazil 14-0, by the way. Uh, lost to Britain, beat Switzerland, beat Germany, lost to Korea, lost to Denmark, who went on to win the gold. So, uh, you know, there, there's that side of things. And uh, the mixed doubles uh, yet to have started in that one as well. Uh, you touched on what you've watched. Yeah, I've really kind of only gotten a chance. I, I watched the mixed relay in the short track. Four countries in the final, USA, Canada, Japan, China. Canada were doing well. You were you were shooing for a medal until you fell over with like three laps to go to America, stole your bronze. Actually, they ended up pinching the silver from Japan. So, um, you know, if you want to lose a medal, I'm sure you don't want to do it to your neighbors from the south. So good job there, Canada. Um, but yeah, honestly, like just based on the week I've had and, and things like that, I haven't had a chance to catch up a whole lot on it, but obviously following a lot on the news. Uh, anything else that you've watched that you've been able to watch that you haven't touched on that you want to mention? Uh, I mean, highlights mostly, but highlights of the speed skating. And uh, it was um, the, uh, uh, which one was it? The alpine skiing, um, the, the combined. Uh, that actually looked like the, the the highlight package they gave for that was 10 to 15 minutes long. And that, that looked like it was really intense. There was a lot of like, you know, this person is in 27th place after the first run and then they end up winning a medal. Uh, so that would have been great to watch the entire thing. Um, but uh, I mean, there's still some good sports to come. Uh, I'm hoping that I'll have a little bit of time to maybe check out YouTube. Because the one thing I will say is that YouTube has all of these events, it seems. It's just yeah. they're posted. I don't know if they're done live. They're posted after the fact. But you're getting the entirety of the event. So it's like, oh, six and a half hours. How am I going to do this? <laughs> yeah, no, and they, they don't really cut it out. One thing I'll just say with the medal tally, we'll go over some of that. So we touched on last week, 78 countries at these games. 31 of them have won medals right now. So... That's, that's a pretty good percentage there of, of countries that have won medals. And of those, so uh, as we already touched on with uh, countries like Brazil uh, having won medals, Tunisia, Denmark, Thailand, and Turkey have all won their first ever Winter Olympics medals. So we, we, we touched on Brazil, touched on Tunisia, Thailand, uh, obviously a first ever Southeast Asian nation to have ever won a medal. So this came from Agnes Campiol in the women's monobob, won a silver medal. Um, and I will correct myself, sorry, uh, Denmark uh, did not win the gold in the curling. They won the gold in that same event in the monobob. So they actually got the silver in the curling. So I'll correct myself yeah. there. Um, and, but yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, one of the things that I've enjoyed through all these events is they'll always point out when this is a child of an Olympian and on mm. the, the Denmark team, there's a brother and sister on there and both of their parents had competed on both the men's and curling side in past Olympics. So that's kind of a cool story. They're born with stones in their hands, basically and as they, they come out of the wound. Brooms in their diapers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Glad you said that. If I had said that, that would have been inappropriate. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, incredible to see that sort of stuff. So right now, uh, time of us recording this, Italy are on top. I and mean, it's great to see. Like, I don't think I've ever seen in my entire lifetime Italy ever top a medal tally at any point in any Olympics. So good for Italy. Uh, currently on nine gold, two silver, three bronze. So not only are they just like winning, like they've won 14 medals and nine of them are gold. They're like, hey, we are winning the medals. 
The accents are really getting worse all of a sudden. Uh, Germany in second, seven gold, three silver, three bronze. France, six gold, three silver, four bronze. China, five gold, eight silver, three bronze. Uh, Austria, four gold, six silver, five bronze. Korea, currently in six. The one thing I also love to look at when I see a medal tally like this is generally when we look at any form of Olympic medal tally, who's always at the top? Russia, America, China. Uh, so we've got Italy, Germany, and France right now uh, at the top, which, I mean, Germany generally in the Winter Olympics, they're usually always at the top, so that's not usually that uncommon. But, I mean, it's it's good to kind of see a couple of different nations topping the medal tally right now. Yeah, no, I agree. Although we should say China's got the overall medal. Uh, yeah, the real the tally. And Austria yeah. is second. So, the, the yeah, no. Yeah. But like for golds, I mean, yeah, Italy and Germany and France. Um, I, I'm, I'm especially excited for Italy because we know they're going to be getting a Winter Olympic. And the, the, the kids who are competing here are probably, some of them will be eligible for that next Olympics. Right yeah. And uh, going back to, I've probably mentioned it several times on here, going back to, you know, the, uh, the, the Turin Olympics, uh, I still say I've never seen a home crowd support as good as the Italian crowd was for the Torino Olympics. It was just unbelievable. And that's what I'm so excited about for Milan. Uh, so yeah, get those numbers up because uh, I, I can't remember. I think, it, I think for, for Turin, they, they were probably in the top five, uh, maybe even not, not even that high, but again, the enthusiasm was just it was infectious. Like, I, I, I want to see that again. Like, come on, pick up your game. Let's go. Uh, I'm not saying they're not doing well here, but I'm like, this is what I want to see. I want to see I want to see them blowing everybody away in a couple of years. It was the Dale Beck Smith Olympics, Colin. Of course, everybody was excited. Uh, they were ninth <laughs> overall, uh, but five gold and six bronze. They didn't win a silver, the Italians. They're like, hey, yeah. we're gold or bronze. Nothing more. <laughs> it's, it's like back in Vancouver when Canada's like, Canada has never won a gold on home soil. They're going to be like, we've never won a silver on yeah. home soil. <laughs> it's like a national inquiry in Italy. Like, <laughs> well, we never won a silver medal at the Winter Olympics. When we They're going to have it. like 12 gold medals by day three. And it's like, no, well, I want a silver. One of you needs to start failing. If you are leading the race, you slow down. And you get yeah, a silver. Exactly. <laughs> you get a silver. That was a weird thing with Australia too. Like we, when we won, started winning Winter Olympic medals, we could only ever win bronze or gold. It wasn't until Vancouver when we finally won it. Yeah, we won a silver. And who won it? Dale Begg Smith, of course. There you go. He won our first ever Winter Olympic. There's a <laughs> trivia question for people next time at Trivia Night. Who was Australia's first ever Winter see, Olympic that's, silver medal? That's a man not even born in Australia. And that was his dedication to giving Australia their first. He's like, I could win a gold again, but I'm not going to. I'm going to give Australia their silver that they deserve. That, that that to me, you know, remember who wants to be a millionaire when it was like, you know, our, like it was the tense one, right? Where you had as long as you wanted to answer a question, not the speeded up version you've got. That's a million dollar question right there. That That is like, who won Australia's first ever Olympic winter silver medal? No one's going to know that except us. Like, I don't think Dale Beck Smith would know that. Oh, he that doesn't know. It's like winning Olympic medals. Who am I? You're like, was I in the Olympics? <laughs> Didn't I compete for Austria? Australia, Dale. Oh, right. <laughs> of course. I knew that. Um, but yeah, and also just looking overall at the medal tally, as I said, 31 countries in, in total uh, are on this. But the, the United States, three gold, four silver, one. So they're not doing badly, the Americans. But look at Britain. Three gold, one silver, zero bronze. That's not like Britain in a Winter Olympics. Norway... The great conquering winter and now summer nation of the world. Four silver and three bronze. What's going on, Norway? Um, come on. Uh, where's Finland? Finland, two bronze. Pathetic. Uh, 
Sweden. Romania is tied with Brazil and Australia. One run on. Oh, God. What's going on here? Romania and Brazil. Turkey um, is ahead of you guys. New Zealand is ahead of Finland at the Winter Youth Olympics. It's a national holiday in New Zealand after these Olympics are done with if they beat Finland at a Winter Youth Olympics. Japan, generally usually good. Uh, one silver, five bronze. So, again, the beauty of the Winter Youth Olympics, you never know what the hell. It's it's, it's like but Forrest like- Gump. You don't know what you're going to get. I, 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 you might have been ready to bring this up. I just don't want to forget. Like, let's talk about Korea. Like, they're they're doing very well as well. I mean, yeah. three gold, five silver, four bronze. And obviously, this is only barely the halfway point that we are recording mm-hmm. this. Of course, there's still a whole other week to go. But yeah, and I think what's what's we learned a lot from Pyeongchang six years ago is is how well the Korean. This is of course the first Olympics. Uh, of any kind since uh, the Youth Olympics in 2020, where we've been able to actually have fans at. So it's, mm. you know, good to be able to see that. But yeah, you're right. So Korea obviously doing very well in uh, short track, as they're, as they're often renowned for. But other sports they've won medals in. Uh, bobsleigh, you don't often uh, mm-hmm. assume that Korea are going to medal in bobsleigh. So So Jae Hwan won the uh, men's monobob. They've done well in snowboarding, ice hockey, the uh, the 3x3. They did win. the. So they were the ones who got belted by Hungary in the final. So good for them. Moguls. Now, you're a mogul man. Uh, often hear much about Koreans doing well in moguls at all, Colin? I'm yet to see it. Um, there you go. Well, in, in this, the mixed team dual moguls, they won the silver medal in that as well, and skeleton as well. So uh, they're, they're getting some good medals there, I think, in, in some sports. So uh, obviously they've just hosted a Winter Olympics for them, but, uh, I mean, bodes well outside of Because I just think of Korea, I just think of speed skating. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and, of course, they're still doing well in speed skating, but, uh, I mean, that that's their sport. It's it's like uh, the Netherlands. You know, you've got the one sport. You don't expect them to meddle in anything else. Hungary and hockey now. You know, you've yeah. got the one sport. So. Traditional powerhounds, uh, Hungary. Yeah, th- this is uh, – it, it's an opportunity to build the profile, to build excitement for new sports and everything. Can I just brag once again that Australia beat the Netherlands in ice hockey? Because, like, let, let, let's look at <laughs> – their current medal tally of three gold, one silver, one bronze. Now, uh, let's come in. Speed skating, speed skating, speed skating, speed skating, and speed skating, funnily enough. So the Dutch aren't exactly bad on the skates, but only when they're going fast. Put a stick in their hands and a puck on the stick, they suck. So, like, yeah. as much as New Zealand is celebrating currently beating Finland on the medal tally at the Youth Olympics, I know I'm speaking this when it is a national holiday in Australia, being our national day. But can we have a second national day? The fact that we beat great ice nation, the Netherlands, in ice. This needs to be talked about more. This is up there with some of Australia's greatest sporting achievements ever. We beat the Dutch in ice hockey. It would be like if the Dutch beat us in, well, not real cricket. Let's say beach cricket, right? Like it's still a form of cricket. We're still decent at it. So come on. Can we can we put this, this- to Mr. Albanese, Prime Minister, listening to this show? I'm sure you are. I, I think you're building a pretty good uh, list of you know, pitches for Australia's cool runnings because we've got Dean and Tally. We got the hockey story now. We, we, we need that next a cool silver medal on skeleton. Come on, that's a cool running story. And Dale Big Smith, right? Oh. So there you go. You, you you got a mini series in the works right now for the underdog Australian winter sports like a stories. Netflix franchise, like it's, <laughs> it's an anthology series. Every single year, it basically comes. And you didn't even mention Bradbury. I mean, come on, like that. That's kind of the the lead off program. And yet, somehow, with all these great sports stories, I guarantee it's gonna be called the Ben Waterworth story. That's what it's gonna be. <laughs> Colin, I know six-time Emmy winner and three-time Golden Globe winner Kelsey Grammer now. We are, we are, <laughs> we are like this 
All right. So I'm making my I mean, way through can, Hollywood. You've got a resume of like, you know, 80s, 90s TV stars, like Fran Drescher and that, <laughs> Chelsea that is Grammer. True. I've ticked off the nanny. I've ticked off <laughs> Frasier slash cheers. Um, nothing with friends yet. I mean, they might be all be dead by the time I get to any of them. I, I shouldn't say that. That's a bit mean, but whatever. You got I saw Ray Deborah Romano Messing. on the show. I saw Deborah Messing, Messing in person. You saw Ma her bake a cake. I did. Madonna was also on Will and Grace. I've been hanging out with her a couple of times this week. <laughs> um, I've seen Britney Spears before. She was on How I Met Your Mother. Uh, <laughs> tick them off. What's going on? Do I know That's anybody? That's the Ben Waterworth story. From Roseanne. Um, <laughs> suddenly Susan, I mean, Kirstie Alley retweeted a tweet of mine once. So there's Veronica's closet. Oh, um, we got to get Al Borland on this list here. <laughs> I don't think so, Ben. Oh, <laughs> uh, what, what, what about like, um, what's that one with, uh, Andy Dick in it? News, news room. Oh, news radio. News yeah. radio. Thank you. Andy Dick. Yeah. Jeez. Anyway. All right. Tangents. Uh, anything else you want to touch on on the Youth Olympics in the first week? I mean, I haven't really seen any. Uh, I mean, they, they sort of loosely used um, Moong Chu in the opening ceremony. Not too much, though. Like you saw a couple of glimpses of them in the beginning, but uh, no other mascot appearances this week from Moong Cho at all. No, I mean, we, we got him at the end there. I like that yeah. the, that's what they're giving um, the. Uh, the, what do you call it? the athletes at the yeah, one of those things called that win medals in the Olympics? <laughs> the, 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 the athletes, yeah, the athletes, uh, yeah. The, the, that's what I, I we got to get any of these people on there so we can see the uh, what is the name of it again? Mooncho, the moon, the, the snowball, uh, the snowball child. The, uh, we the, need to the see sperm that the, the, the Bing Dwen, not Bing Dwen, Bing Dwen probably see, involved in an orgy. Uh, we need Ron to see snow, snow sperm in the flesh. So we get one of these medalists on here just because he's snow sperm in the flesh. Boorang and Surang. I just I just literally named um, Chewy Rong Ron and, and Bing Dwen Dwen from a completely different Olympics. No, yes. Um, Boorang and Surang had sex. And then you had Mucho born How from snow sperm. Snow sperm. <laughs> that is what he is. Uh, no, I haven't seen many appearances. But no, we, we get guests on the show. But, but again, Colin, I got into trouble before for talking to people who are 18 about their crotch. Am I really going to talk to like 16-year-olds <laughs> on the show about snow sperm? Probably not. Um, actually, speaking of which, did you see there was controversy during the week that uh, the uh, Gangwon uh, Olympic Village is providing free condoms to the kids? What? They're 14 to 18-year-olds. There's 3,000 free condoms oh. in the Youth Olympic Village. So, I mean... I don't know how I feel about that um, as a father. I mean, We got this thing going on in Canada right now. I don't know if this thing in America that like you, you provide free tampons, but they're through some type of legislation, they're forced to provide them in men's washrooms as well. So I'm going into the men's room now and seeing a stack full of tampons that'll probably never be touched, but we're obligated to include them. So maybe condoms is the Korean version of tampons. I spent like three hours in your country last week and I can't say I went into a bathroom and got a free tampon. So I'll, I'll keep an eye on <laughs> if it. If it's there, next week. grab it. I'm sure yeah. it'll come in handy. I'm just, I, 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 give me a, uh, where's my free tampon? I'm in Canada. <laughs> um, but hey. I mean, Canada, now, this isn't on the youth Olympics, but like Canada just announced, uh, what was, it might even been yesterday that uh, Paralympians will now get the exact same, uh, what do you call it, the, the financial reward mm. that the Penny Olympiacs receive for the Olympics. So there you go. Uh, 
our, our youth Olympians get condoms, but one day you will be at the level of Penny Olympiacs and Paralympiacs and get some money out of it. Well, I'm calling for equality at the youth Olympics because I'm telling you now, I think at a Penny Olympiacs, there's about 10,000 condoms at the Olympics. So why is there only 3,000 <laughs> at the youth Olympics? Like parody, come on. Like, you know. They're yeah. using them more. That's the difference. There were 10,000 <laughs> down to three. They are teenagers in all fairness. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, there are old people at the Penny Olympiacs, right? And so I guarantee not, they got off. real beds. They're not having those cardboard beds either. <laughs> they, they want these kids to have sex and have fun with it. In all fairness, these are horny teenagers at a youth Olympics. <laughs> I mean, if, again, I still think 3,000 condoms is too less, but hey, like, whatever. I you know? I was going to ask him, like, Ben, if you were at a Youth Olympics, you'd be having this. But I realize that's not the question I want to ask because he's going to answer for now and not when If he was I was a at a Youth Olympics, I would be in jail. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if I was at a Youth Olympics, my restraining order wouldn't allow me to be at one. <laughs> I think that's what you're trying to say right now. That's why I'm in North America right now because in Australia, I'm a little bit too close to Korea. So I'm, I'm legally mandated. <laughs> they you out. This is actually not a choice of mine. They're like the, the the federal police of Australia. Are like Ben, you need to go as far away from Korea as you can right now because your restraining order of eight thousand kilometers is too close to Korea right now. So you know that's we're breaking new ground here on off the podium. Uh, before we go, just a couple of things uh, I, I sort of touched on. Hundred years this year, Colin, since the very first Winter Olympics in Chamonix, nineteen twenty four. Now. Yeah. 1996, obviously, we had a, a centenary games in Atlanta. Unfortunately, I mean, it, look, it, had they kept up the regular Olympic cycle, uh, you know, we would have been able to celebrate this. But obviously, this is kind of sandwiched in between Beijing and then Milan. So I'll be intrigued to see if this year in Paris, maybe they will do something slightly to celebrate it because there still is an Olympics this mm -hmm. year. But you're old. Do you remember the 1924 <laughs> Chamonix? <laughs> oh, vividly. Every second of it was there in person. Um, I mean, th this is, you know, obviously not just the uh, hundred years for that, but I mean, th th that was the same year that they had the summer Olympics too. So yeah. it was, uh, in Paris. Know, double win for Paris. Yeah. So, I mean, it is the centennial for just Paris having Olympics in general. I would hope that in the, this upcoming Paris Olympics, they acknowledge the fact that it's like, Hey, we had both games and we oh. were the inaugural one. That did used to be the rule. Of course, the IOC back when this was a thing, if you like, you that's why if you look at the both yeah calendar for so long if you had the summer olympics you, the same country had the winter Olympics. so that used to be how olympics were designated back in the day but yeah you know, i think it is a big deal and i i do appreciate that you know i've seen the australian olympic committee i've seen other uh nocs this week doing it athletes have been sharing it uh i know keep the flame alive did a special episode on on mm -hmm. it this week and the ioc because it is it is a big deal i think to to get to a centenary of any form of event is is massive we remember back during the centenary olympics in in atlanta how big of a deal that was and then in the next sort of you know, six, seven years, we're going to be see seeing centenaries of the Commonwealth Games, if they still exist by uh, 2030, uh, the World Cup, uh, the Men's World Cup. So I think this is a, it's a great thing to kind of see that. And yeah, I agree with you. Hopefully there will be some sort of uh, acknowledgement of this in Paris later this year. The other one too, um, just on, uh, well, six months as well, we should say to Paris uh, this week as well. So we're half a year away from the Paris Olympics. But in Australia, on Australia Day, we do uh, Australia Day honours. So we have like an Australian of the year. We, uh, you know, honour certain people with sort of bestowing them titles and that sort of stuff. But Emma McKeon this week was announced as the young Australian of the year. Uh, for her services to sport and everything along those lines. So we say congratulations. Do you it's, do like Canadian of the year? Is that a thing that you do at all? 
No, I don't think so. Um, but I well, mean, there's Canadian at they do Canadian athletes of the year and stuff like that. Uh, but it, what what is the age range of that young Australian? I think it, uh, 25 and under 20. I I I was a finalist as young Australian of the year 14 years ago for <laughs> the Hobart Olympic bid. So they love their Olympic things, the Australia Day Council. So uh, clearly, I didn't win because I'm on this show. So, you know. yeah, it's 25. I mean, that's almost bordering on old for Olympians. That's why I was asking. But <laughs> I think it might be. I could be incorrect. Could be maybe a bit younger than that. But uh, it wasn't just Emma in terms of uh, Olympians who were honoured. So we obviously do things like uh, Order of Australia medals and sort of other ones. So um, Evelyn Halls, who uh, is a two-time uh, Olympian, she's current vice president of the AOC. She was honoured. Uh, Atlanta Olympian and president of Baseball Australia, David Hines was honoured, dual Olympian and current AOC Athletes Committee member Rachel Lynch, legend of, of hockey, she was honoured. And Rick Mitchell, the late Rick Mitchell, a three-time Olympic sprinter, uh, also honoured in the Australia Day honours as well. So a couple of Olympians there uh, going on that. Uh, uh, I mean, you you gave some Canada news there, Colin. Uh, obviously, parity for, for pay for Paralympians alongside Olympians as well, which is great news. Uh, any mm-hmm. Anything exciting in the world of... Paris lead up any of your athletes getting any attention out there in terms of news or exciting or anything that Canadian you want to promote right now? Absolutely nothing. Mostly because I haven't had time to Google uh, in the amount of time you, you <laughs> asked that question and how. I haven't had a chance to look. Question without notice, Colin. How's Canada doing? Uh, good, Ben. Canada's doing great. We still have maple syrup. Uh, and <laughs> that's all that matters. Although uh, we, we did have uh, what another new Canadian who's doing decent in Australian Open, right? You did, I've already yes. forgot the name. Yes. We're so on board. I can't wait till we start doing our weekly news episode. So stuff happened this week. Colin, did you look at anything? No, me neither. Uh, we will be back next week. <laughs> Canada just waits until somebody reaches at least the semis before they memorize the names in tennis. <laughs> I talked to the Australian Open with Kelsey Grammer. Um, so... You know, next guest on the and show. And he quickly changed the subject to women. <laughs> he did, because that's <laughs> Kelsey Grammer way. I should have got him to go Bond James Bond. That would have been oh, a for 90- that, that's what we collect. 90 sitcom stars saying Bond James Bond. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, more reviews and everything from the Youth Olympics, where Jared will hopefully be joining us as well to hear from him. I want to get his uh, opinions on uh, Moong Cho. And uh, if he watched the selfie and fist bump and everything, he's been gallivanting Europe. So when's your overseas trip, Colin? It's January. Um, <laughs> when the kids are moved out of the house, I'm guessing. <laughs> so by the time they're 50 at this rate. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, United States is another country. You could just go for a drive tomorrow, couldn't you? You know what? I actually might be going to Minneapolis in the summer, but it might be just me. I, we won't be dragging the kids. Dream holiday destinations for Canadians in the summer, Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, where are you going to the summer this time, eh? Oh, just down to Minneapolis. Oh, bring the sunblock, eh? <laughs> nice eight-hour drive and then come right back up the next day. Oh, well done, well done. I like, subscribe, do all the regular stuff on that you do, on that you do. Uh, ben can't speak well at this point of episode. Um, tell us your favourite winter appliance. Uh, we'd love to learn. <laughs> Um, and would you ask Thomas Bach for a selfie and then refuse if he did not say the word selfie? I don't know. Interact with us. We're lonely. Uh, Colin, thank you very much for joining us. Always appreciated. Um, you're welcome, man. I'm going to start looking up winter appliances to create a poll or something that we can do on social media. I, 
I, I, I'm intrigued to see the results. Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. Put a sock in a mountain. Cheers to the Birmingham Bull, Jason Momoa, all the regular bits. And remember to always go left. When the stars make it through Just like pasta fuzzle That's amore That's amore When you dance down the street With the cloud at your feet You're in love When you walk in a dream but you know you're not dreaming, Signore. Excuse me, but you see back in old Napoli that some.